This is Barkcast. You ain't nothing but a hound. Barkcast deals with just about everything dog-related. Dog obedience, training, health, owning a dog, dog behaviour and care and nutrition. Each week, your questions will be answered by professional senior trainer and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell, a professional member of the IACP, a registered evaluator with the American Kennel Club, and has trained thousands of dogs across a variety of disciplines. Hi Russell, how are you? I'm doing very well mate, thanks for asking. Excellent, right, email for you to answer. Go for um, it. This person, oh it's Steve, has got a little dog, okay. um, doesn't say what type of breed it is, but it says that my little dog keeps lunging at bikes, cars and people running past when we go for walks. Ooh, okay. How can I get him to stop doing that? Right. Okay. okay. Any mention on the age of the dog? Just out of interest. Uh, no. Nothing. We should ask people when they are write emails to. Yeah. Tell just us a little, a little, little bit, bit of. Yeah. Just a little bit of a, a handy bit of info. Um, okie dokes. So it's not completely uncommon for dogs to start lunging out at at, at moving things, whether it's motorbikes, cars, and, and obviously people going past. Uh, and I can appreciate. Yeah. Certainly from an owner's perspective, it can be a bit um, troublesome. The last thing you want to be is that owner with the crazy dog that's that's lunging out um there's a couple of things that that build up to this if we're talking with puppies a lot of the time and puppies are super cute right if if you're dog people puppies are cute what tends to happen is we let them sort of run up to people and sort of say hi and and what have you and you're walking down the street oh what a cute pup can i say hi and the puppies run over and it's all very casual calm and, and cool the problem is it's just teaching the puppy that whenever I see people, I can run up to them in my own way. I would much rather have us as owners at least make the dog give us the attention first. So rather than just arbitrarily running up to strange people, instead of doing that, just focus on us and engage with us. It will help over time to negate what I would call that barrier frustration, that now I'm, I'm so used to running up to people that now I'm being withheld by the leash because today I don't have time to let you run over and say hi to our neighbor. And we're sort of pulling them away and the dog's like, no, 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 I, I, I need to go and say hi. I need to go over there. So it's, that's one thing. Uh, secondly, in terms of why do dogs chase bikes, why do they chase cars and people, invariably because it works is usually the, the main uh, thing. Sorry, what works? Yeah. It, two things. One is it makes the... If it's a, a fear response or an unease, un if I see this bike, I know, and it's coming this way, it's coming past me. If I bark at it, I can make it go away. So the bike comes along, it's getting close, and I go, rough, 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 and the bike goes away. I won. Uh, this jogger, I'm not sure about this jogger. She's running towards, I go, woof, 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 it goes away. So I can, I can control my environment by barking at it and making it go away. Number two, from an owner perspective, and I've reckon most people listening would have done this when we're in these situations especially if we've got an inkling that it's about to go pear-shaped we start to tighten up on the leash and we start to no rover settle no no easy and we're getting louder and stronger as this stimulus is coming closer 
the bike or the person is coming past, the dog's really barking, we're kind of shouting, no, stop, 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 stop. The person on the bike goes away and everything calms down. So before and after said stimulus, motorbike, car, jogger, everything was fine. We're just going for a walk, everything's nice and calm. All of a sudden, one of those stimuli appears and we, according to the dog, are the ones that are freaking out. We're getting tense, we're tightening up the leash, we're shouting, we're barking ourselves. If I bark and get rid of this stimulus, you will calm down. That's what I mean by it works. Okay? So for, for me, what I want to do is show the dog that I don't care about any of these stimuli. I don't care about cars and bikes and joggers. I care about you paying attention to me. So I want to work with that dog without the stimulus and just work on some attention work, focusing on me maybe getting them to sit and rewarding and engaging them. So the dog works out, hey, this guy's a bit of an idiot. If I just sit in front of him and look at him, he'll give me a treat. Well, absolutely, Rover, well done. And I can do that in the house. I can do that in the garden. I now need to do it in the street or going for a walk or at the beach or wherever it, wherever it is to show the dog that, yeah, paying attention to me really, really works. And then where possible, I want to slowly reintroduce some of these other stimuli. Um, whether it's, say, a, a runner or a motorbike and what have you. What I don't want to do is go from a quiet, tiny environment in my house to suddenly go down to the beach where there's hundreds of people and lots of stuff going on and lots of people running and expect my dog to do the same. I'd rather just maybe add one person to the equation, see how they respond, and then we build it up slowly over time. Do you not want your dog to inform you that there's someone coming? So if you're, for, for example, and I'm not saying go and attack them. Mm -hmm. But if I'm walking with my dog and I've trained my dog not to react to the, the person running past me, what if that person's in black and white stripes with a balaclava on? Um, I, I'm, I'm yeah, exaggerating I, to make a point. Yeah, I get you. It's, I mean, a lot of that can be down to intention as well. So, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to train a robot that just walks alongside me, sits, lies down and does absolutely everything I say. But I do want to have an element of control. For the most part, you know, people running around and what have you. And you'll see it. You've probably seen this with your dog. There's some people go past and he just doesn't bat an eyelid. Other people go past and you can just see he's, he's not reacting, but he's just, there's, there's something there. In the same way that for us, when we see, you'll see some people just rub you up the wrong way. There's just something about them. It's the same for dogs. I would argue that for 99% of the people that sort of jogged past you, um, yeah, it'll be no problem at all. Just go for a walk and everything's fine. But the, yeah, there might be that one or two people where the dog's sort of raising a quizzical eyebrow. I'm not quite so sure about this. It then depends on what the intention of that person is. And also the, the driving focus of your dog. I, I dare say if someone came running over to us to, to attack, Sassy might bark, but that would probably be the end of it. Bless her cottons. K might have been different. Now, there's a dog that I know that lives in the state where I am that ch constantly chases a car. And even if I stop, he's then, he barks at the car. And then if I go a little bit more, he keeps chasing and chasing and chasing. It, is there a limit to um, why is he chasing that car? And you say he's trying to get rid of it. But if I, even if I go, he's still chasing me. But he'll only chase to a certain point. He's not going to chase the car down to the end of the road. Car turns left. I'll turn left and chase the car all the way down to the roundabout and past the 7-Eleven. <laughs> They're not going to carry on going. There, there is a, a limit to how far they're willing to go. The point being that it worked. 
I barked, and even if you do the stop, start, stop, start, I can keep barking. This I can make this go away because you've got things to do. You've got to go that way. Yeah, very true. In terms of a short process, the very first time that dog reacted to that person or that car walking by, if that person or car stopped and we worked with the dog and engaged with the dog and made that whole thing a positive thing, then that's less likely to reoccur that they're going to start chasing because, oh, it's a car. That's a really positive thing. That's good. But why do dogs... I've got two in my street here that, that, that chase the car. Why do they do that? Because it happens a thousand times a day and it's super rewarding because that it works. So if I have a couple of treats and I'm trying to say, hey, Rover, come here for a, a treat once or twice versus the hundred times a day the car or the bike is going past, I'm never going to win. So in terms of working our dog, again, that's why I said I'd rather not go from a quiet and training environment in my house to go into the beach where it's mental. I'd rather go somewhere outside, but still calmer and quieter with less people or somewhere I can keep distance from other people. There's a really um, funky technical term here that we call critical distance, which basically means how close does my dog need to be to something to react to it. So if there's a, a runner 100 feet away and my dog's with me, is he sitting calmly and accepting treats and being totally fine and cool? Yes, great. The, the runner's now 50 feet. My dog's losing his mind completely. So somewhere in between those two, my dog's going to be, okay, hey, I see something. I'm still okay to quickly disengage and look at you to say hi and get a treat, but there's still... He's in that sweet spot, and that's the, that's the distance. That's where I want to work with my dog. Just say, hey, yep, those people are over there. It's not coming any closer, and even if it is there in your eyesight, it's really good. It's rewarding. It's fun because I don't care. I'm cool and calm as beans. I'm offering treats. We're having fun. It's engaging, and then I'll do that a whole bunch of times, and the dog's like, oh, okay, fine. I don't have to worry about that, and then the next session, that jogger, that bike, whatever is five feet closer. So now the dog's back to that, oh, hang on, it, it's close, but it, is, is it still okay? Yep, it's still okay, and we're just, we're just building up the process that way. And I guess if your dog is chasing bikes, human runners, horses, motorbikes, whatever, yeah. horses, whatever, I mean, how do you, do you have to train with the different things that spook in it or the different things it's trying to chase away? So if it is a horse, do we then have to go and hire a horse <laughs> to train this dog to not get spooked I, by horses? I really want to say yes to that. <laughs> Um, do you have a horse at your training <laughs> centre was probably the, the best question yeah quite and here's one I prepared earlier um, obviously the more things you can introduce your dog to the better and again if we uh, I always revert to puppies it's just it's, it's easier dealing with the puppy it's a blank slate the more things that they can see that exist and are out there that I don't have to worry about the better it just makes it that much easier if you're dealing with an older dog that has this inherent prey drive kicking in that they just want to run and chase everything that's moving um, the simple thing you can start with is a leash. And I know that sounds like, duh, but if he's on leash, he ain't running after it or he's only going to get so far and then you've got control. I would do a couple of things, which is A, going back and working through that engagement process to show the dog that focusing on me is the most important game in town. It's the most fun. It's the most re rewarding. Being around me is just super cool. It's fun. It's engaging we slowly start to reintroduce some of these other stimuli. And if you don't have a horse handy, um, I understand that. I'll work with something else, whether it's a, a big dog down the street or just even people running and work with those. 
Because if I can show the dog enough pictures in enough different places that coming back to me, regardless of what's going on around us, is working, there's a good chance that when all of a sudden there's a squirrel, and wow, we haven't worked around squirrels before, that's interesting. But I've already got enough of a reward history built up in the dog that, yeah, Rover, leave that, come here. There's a much better shout that that's going to work. So basically what you're saying is if you don't have a horse or a squirrel to train your dog, then <laughs> come to Canine Point Academy. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying, Jay. Yes. Excellent. Thanks, Russell. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. Cheers. If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long term, then check out Canine Point Academy. That's caninepointacademy.com or go to Facebook and search Canine Point Academy.